questions force people to go internal. And that's, that's, that's huge. Think about it. Most people are thinking externally. They're thinking what they're going to say to you. They're thinking about sort of this external offensive strategy, if you will. Like, what am I going to do next? And a question makes them go internally to start internally processing things, questioning what they're, what they're thinking and what they're believing and what they're going to do now. And maybe a question might get them to stop in their tracks. It's time to get inside your own head. Begin with the psychology behind your behaviors and fuse it with an acute understanding of self-awareness, emotion, storytelling, body language, and more. Then look at it all through the lens of the latest neuroscience research, broken down to its most digestible form. And you've arrived. Enhanced messaging, deeper connection, heightened influence, and a greater impact on the world. Welcome to the NeuroSide of Influence and Leadership with Rene Rodriguez. Welcome back to the NeuroSide podcast. And today we're going to talk about questions. And in fact, questioning questions, which I think is a critical component to understanding the world of influence, persuasion, leadership, and communication. Because there's some critical things we need to understand about questions. And we're going to need to break those down and truly understand what's happening when we're asking questions and when people are asking us questions. Because questions are a critical component to relationships, critical component to selling, to leadership, to getting people to start thinking. Because questions force people to go internal. And that's, that's, that's huge. Think about it. Most people are thinking externally. They're thinking what they're going to say to you. They're thinking about sort of this external offensive strategy, if you will. Like, what am I going to do next? And a question makes them go internally to start internally processing things, questioning what they're, what they're thinking and what they're believing and what they're going to do now. And maybe a question might get them to stop in their tracks. Maybe the question might get them to rethink their next step, or maybe it might even get them to remember what they believe and remember why they're here. And there's something really powerful about that. And I think that most people step over and just forget and just don't even realize the power of questions. And for those that do, they sometimes can use and abuse those questions. But questions are happening all the time. And so we really need to understand the power of it. And you understand the power of it if you're in a sales environment, if you're trying to lead an organization, set the strategy. And if you're just trying to connect with somebody, even your family and your kids, the questions that you ask are so critical because it really does set the tone of where things are going. And it really does sort of lay the groundwork for the relationship and the direction of the conversation. And the conversation, gosh, the conversation is really everything. Organizations, when we, when we used to do and still do, in fact, going today to another group in Wisconsin to do work on their culture. And the thing that I tell people, if I want to understand someone's culture, I walk into the office, close my eyes, and I listen. And I'm listening for the conversations that are happening, the quality of the conversations. Because the, co the conversations to me tell me, the, co the quality of those interactions tell me what's happening. What are people talking about? What questions are being asked? You know, hey, what time do you get off today? God, I can't wait. That, that, that tells you something. You know, say, you know, hey, it, it, but people are talking about innovative ideas and what they can do, problems. Hey, can you help me out with this? You know, I'm trying to figure this out. You know, hey, I have an idea. 
those kinds of things are very different than somebody can't wait for the day to be over. And so the questions that we asked, that we ask ourselves, the questions that we ask people are everything. But first, we need to understand, we need to unlearn a couple things when it comes to questions. And the first one, and this is hard because we, we have this tendency. First thing is most people don't put much thought into the questions that they ask. And that, this is a huge one. And I write about this on page 40, I think it's 47 in the book, 46, 47, I, I outline these in detail. And most people don't put much thought into the questions that, that, that they ask. You know, and go think about it for a minute. You ever ask somebody how they're doing and they ask and you really had no interest? And you say, hey, how's it going? And they stop and they tell you and you realize you were in a rush, you didn't have the time. Or they start telling you about something, you, you know, their bad day and you just really, you didn't want to hear about it. You're thinking to yourself, why did I even ask? And now all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation where you, you ask the question out of habit and routine versus true, genuine interest. And so think about in interviews, how many of you right now, when you interview somebody, did you really prepare the questions? Now there's going to be some of you really that are good at this. Most people are not good at interviews. They're not good at interview questions. They're not good at the, the true sifting out of talent and sort of fleshing out what people truly believe and who they are through the art of questions. You know, maybe you've read the book Scaling Up and you understand, you know, the, the process of, of questions and things like that. Maybe you've got some great mentors that develop some good questions, but most people haven't. And they go into it with an emotional sort of intuitive sense of, let me just see if I like them. And maybe the questions will come. But no, you, you got to be very intentional with questions because they can, they can guide you and lead you in some really, really, really cool places. And you can go back to the Art of Conversation podcast. I think it was like six or seven. So towards the beginning, we go into detail for the love process. Listen, observe, validate, expand. We go deep into the how to have those conversations. But this session, I want to go into the, just, the, just the questioning piece because I think this is important. And if you can just hold on to that, this concept for this week, I think it'll make a pretty big impact. Again, most people don't much, much thought into the questions that they ask. And, you know, like even, like, what's your price? Does that matter? I mean, like, does, it, does price matter? Like in, in some cases, yes, you've got, you know, $10 and that's all you have. But I could also make the case if you only had $10, but you were about to buy, somebody had a Lamborghini for $10, you'd figure out how to, buy, how to you know, for $15, you'd figure out how to find five. You'd figure it out, right? So it's not about the dollars, it's about the value. And so you, you've got to be able to, and those are, again, that's a drastic example, but it illustrates the point that most price differences are rounding errors. Most price differences between products aren't that big of a deal. The marginal cost is not much. And so when you're thinking about your price difference and those things, and people are asking the price, it's because you haven't delivered the value. And so the question that they ask is an indication that you haven't delivered value. So being able to listen to the questions being asked is critical. It'll guide you. The questions they ask me will tell me, how have I done? And if they're asking me, what's my commission? What's my, what's my, uh, what's my interest rate? What, what's the price of this? Or oh, this, this is, you know, how do you justify X? You know, so, okay, that's an invitation to say, okay, let me cover some things maybe I haven't covered in the past. Let me ask more questions because maybe I haven't uncovered the value to them. And that's a great place to start. So, most people haven't put much thought into the questions that they ask. Even think about, you know, hey, how you doing? Okay, I'm not good. Oh, oh, 
Okay, well, what's what's happening? You know, hey, how you doing? Great, good, good to see you. And you leave. So great, well, great. Why? What's happening? You know, what's what what makes today so great? That's an opportunity to listen more. But most of us are really all that interested. We just say it to as a greeting. Think about how when people ask us questions. Now, this is you can think about it. You asking questions, right? You got to be aware of that. But what about people asking you? When they're asking questions to you, if they haven't put much thought into it, it goes to the second piece that we feel this overwhelming, overwhelming obligation to ask, to, to answer questions that are asked of us. And this is something that I've discovered over the years that no matter, for some reason, when somebody asks us a question, we feel like we have to answer, even if it's a dumb question. And there's something to, to it even, and I think this is also regional too. There's, there's something about it too that, you know, the more passive the, the region, the more, you know, I'd say Midwest, and I don't have any research on this, so don't quote me. This is just based on my anecdotal travels. I have traveled a lot, but I will say that the more passive the personality type, I'd say, you know, the less confrontational somebody is, the more apt they are to fall into this is... Somebody asks a question, even if it's a dumb question, they're going to feel the need to, to answer it. And, you know, probably the more agreeable they are, they'll probably answer it too. But this need to answer the question, saying, okay, so they haven't put much thought into this question, and yet I feel this overwhelming need to answer it. That's a tough combination. So I'm, I'm, I'm obligated, and it feels obligation to answer a dumb question. I'm just going to cut right to the chase. And so now... Even, you know, and I had, and just to kind of illustrate this, I had a COO call me of a large organization and there was transition going on. They don't know if they were going to be leaving. And they'd call me and said, Renee, I, I get everybody asking me if I'm going to be leaving and I don't know what my next move is. And, oh my God, you know, I mean, I don't know what to tell them. I feel like I'm lying to them. And I said, well, do you know if you're leaving? And they said, No. I said, well, do you feel like you have to tell them something? And they said, well, yeah, I feel like I'm lying to them. I said, okay, well, you feel like people are entitled to an answer to any question they ask you? They said, well, kind of, yeah. I said, great. When was the last time you had sex? And she was like, what? I'm like, don't answer that question. I said, I'm doing that to illustrate a point here. Just because somebody asks you a question doesn't mean that they're entitled to an answer. And especially think beyond the question. Was that a self-serving question or was that for the benefit of you? Think about it for a minute. She said, well, that's for the benefit of, of your self-serving needs. I said, great. So they're asking you what your future decision is. Is that for you or for them? She's like, well, it's for them. I said, great. So then you got to look beyond the question of what they're really asking. There's a really cool book, by the way, called The QBQ, The Question Behind the Question. It just really the concept is, is to look beyond the question. I thought it was brilliant. And sometimes there's questions being asked, but there's questions beyond it. And that question behind the question, what are they really getting at? And usually people are getting at something that serves them. What is it that they are trying to get at that really is it? Does this transition have any impact on me? If I work for you, is this going to affect my job? Am I going to have less income? I really liked you as a leader. Am I going to you, lose you as a mentor? Is, you know, is this going to transition something? Are we going to be bought? Is my, my position going to be phased out. I mean, there's so many questions that could be there. And if you're, you know, hold any weight, salt as a leader, you should have the empathy and, and the connection to your group to understand maybe where they're coming from and then answer from that perspective. 
You got to look beyond the question. Remember? And so most people don't put much thought into it, meaning they, they, they're, they're, and sometimes that when they don't put much thought, that means that they're asking emotionally. Emotions and thinking don't always go hand in hand. And so they might be a very emotional question driven from fear. So you got to be able to see that too. Remember, this is part of the emotional intelligence challenge that, that emotionally intelligent leader, they can sit back and understand where are they coming from? How is my audience feeling? The empathy. So that we can say, okay, here's the question. Did they put much thought? Probably not. It might be a reactive one. So don't react back. That's a big piece, right? Understand how I'm feeling. Just because they attack me with a question. What's wrong with you? What were you thinking? What, were you, what was I thinking? Okay, just because they attack me with a question doesn't mean I need to respond. I might respond with a question. And sometimes when somebody attacks me with a question, I will just out of habit to just tone things down and say, I don't know, I'm confused. I don't know if I understand your question. And I might hand the question back to them to have them rethink it. Now, that's just a way to tone things down. And if they want, and what I'll find is like the first or second time, it'll just tone it down. And it'll give me more information too, because I don't know what, what, I don't want to assume, what was I thinking? What's wrong with me? I'm not sure what you mean, but what's wrong with me? And I won't make a face, I won't respond. But I would like a little more detail. And so I'm going to hand the ball back. They throw a ball that I don't understand. I'm just going to politely hand it back to them. And I'd like them to explain that. If you're going to attack me, please attack me with more detail. That's <laughs> really what I'm saying. Okay, I'd like to have some more detail here. And it, attacks are fine. It's, it's okay if you're angry and it's upset. If you're a leader, get used to it. People are going to be upset with you. And that's okay. You have to create room for people to be and go the full emotional spectrum under your watch. Now, to have that, you have to give the space for it and you have to have the emotional hardiness and stability to be able to deal with it. So, somebody's upset, you might ask for more detail. I'm, I'm a little confused. What do you mean by that? And so, have them give detail. And what you'll find is sometimes the frivolous ones that just want to attack, there may not be any substance behind it. And it'll diffuse the situation. Or if someone's trying to be manipulative and you hand the ball back and they got nowhere to go and there's no substance, they start realizing that they're in really shallow water with you. And then they start sort of backtracking and say, okay, well, maybe next time come at me a little bit lighter and let's have a normal conversation. So what's really on your mind? And now you get to a more equal conversation. So, this, this whole piece is critical. This, we have to get past this obligation of having to answer every question asked of us. And the third part, which is something you probably know, I guarantee you know it, that the person asking the question is leading the conversation. They're leading. But here's where it gets scary when you put all three together. We feel obligated to give leadership to people who haven't put much thought into the direction they're taking us. Because the questions decide the direction, and we feel obligated to let them lead in places that they haven't put much thought into. When I put those three together, I started going, wait a minute, hold on a second. I, that has got to stop. That has to stop. And so if you're around me, and it might be frustrating, I don't accept stupid questions. There, I said it. I just don't. And it's not, I don't do that out of arrogance. I'm just going to challenge a little bit because I want to know where we're going. I want to go somewhere good, 
Now, that doesn't mean it has to go where I want to go. It's not control. I want to know where we're going. If you want to go somewhere deep, let's go. But tell me where we're going so we can go there. If you need to talk about something, tell me we want to talk about it. I don't like passive aggressive. And so if somebody tries to be passive aggressive, then I just kind of sl I slow down. And I say, okay, so I'd rather somebody be overtly aggressive with me. Because then I know where you stand and I know what, I, what I'm dealing with here. But the passive piece makes it's too hard to guess. It's way too hard to guess. And you know what? I'll probably guess wrong. I might get emotional. I might make a mistake in my assessment. Most likely we'll make an, a mistake in my assessment. We're all human. Just because I talk about this stuff doesn't mean that I'm immune to it. Right? There's a great quote, Stanley Kubrick. He says that our ability to talk about a subject matter can create the consoling illusion that we've mastered it. And just because we talk about communication doesn't mean we're great at it. And so we have to have tools that supersede the emotional state of where we're at. Meaning, I got to have a way just to get myself in a good place, even if I'm attacked, to get ourselves back. So think about all these three again. We've got most people don't put much thought into the questions that they ask us. And second, that we feel this overwhelming obligation to answer those questions that they didn't put much thought into, and they're leading because whoever's asking the question is leading. And so we need to really think about saying, okay, I'm about to jump in this car, and the car is the question you're asking. Do you know where you're going with this thing? I'm about to take a ride with you, and I'd like to know where I'm going. If you value your time, if you value your energy, your reputation, then you should be able to really appreciate the importance of what we're talking about here, is really understand it. Now, what I do want to give you a caution, because I've seen people take this and they turn this into an arrogant um, control thing. And don't do that. Don't be a jerk. Just be calm about it. Be self-aware. Learn to ask questions, to clarify. Like, great, I'm not sure if I understand what you mean by that. Could you give me a little more detail? It's a great, polite question to ask. Um, you know, say, and somebody, if somebody attacks you, calm down and say, I'm not sure I understand the question. What do you mean by that? And calm and let them wrestle with that for a minute. And if somebody's asking, you know, what's your price? Sit back, take ownership over the fact that you didn't do your job of communicating value. Don't get mad at them. Just get better at communicating. And you say, you know what? I'm sorry. I think I might've missed something. And let me backtrack a little bit. Let me ask you a few more questions. Because maybe I missed something. And own it on those pieces. And so once you realize that this, it all comes down to one goal that I have for you, is when you're asked dumb questions and you answer them, it's most likely going to be, if you answer them literally, a dumb response. So what you have to learn is how to give rich answers to dumb questions. It's really what the goal is. And if you can learn to do that, that's what the whole frame message tie down sequence is about. And no matter what question is asked of you, you might sit back, think of what the question really is. Set the frame. Answer the question through the process and the frame by which you set, not the frame that they set through their question. And then give a rich answer in response. Because then you can give that rich answer to a really dumb question. The example we give, what's your favorite color? And somebody says blue. Versus somebody else who says, you know, I remember as a kid growing up with my grandfather and he'd always and come take me to baseball games. And it was my favorite, favorite time of year. Because we'd always go, we'd walk up to the baseball park, 
And I remember as we clear sort of the, the as we're walking from the back and we start seeing this, the stadium and we'd see the blue sky and we'd sit down and everybody's wearing the same color. Grandpa would put the hat on me, he'd wear his same hat and we'd sit down there. We wouldn't say much, but I was there with my grandfather and we'd watch baseball. And inevitably, about 20 minutes into the game, we all, we both get a hot dog and man, it was the best tasting hot dog in the world. And it was just me and my grandfather. And it was, those were LA Dodgers games and that color blue will always, always stick out to me as my favorite color. So now there's a rich answer to a stupid question like, what's your favorite color? Now, if you're building a relationship with somebody and they ask you a question like that, now I got a chance to know you that your grandfather was important. And if I'm at coffee with somebody and they answer that question, you could even transition to that. So, you know, my grandfather, you know, was one of the most influential people in my life. You know, he was a, he was a blacksmith, you know, not many of those, you know, back then. And he was always somebody who got up early and worked hard. And he would always tell me, he said, it doesn't really matter how smart you are. It really matters more how hard you work. And, but if you can be smart and work hard, now you're twice as deadly in the marketplace. And I didn't really understand what he meant by that as a kid. He just always told me, you know, be smart, do good, but work hard. It's even more important. And as I look at my business now, right, you see, now you transition out of the business. This is a question from favorite color to a lesson that grandfather gave you into who you are today and what your values are. Those are connections that happen. You can take that even further to say, and now we find ourselves here in 2022 in a changing market. And we got to ask ourselves, we're facing people that are just as smart as us, but will they work as hard as we will? And here's what we do at XYZ Company. And all of a sudden, it's like this beautiful message that came from a favorite color to a Dodgers game, to a lesson from grandfather, to who are we in today's marketplace? That's the process of being able to speak from the heart in a sequence that people understand. So dive into it. I love that you're listening to this. I love that you're following along. I'm trying to give you this in bite sizes so that you can digest it and think about it on a weekly basis. And don't think of shortcutting this. Just focus this week. And as you're listening to this, just paying attention to the questions you're asking and the questions that people ask of you. And see what you can do to increase the quality of those questions. And see if you can't sift through some of the dumb questions. And then challenge yourself. Can you give some rich answers to some of the dumb questions that you're being asked? And when I say dumb, I'm not saying judgmental. I'm saying some of the thoughtless questions, the ones that really didn't add much value. So that's it for this week. And I really appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you buy the book and please like, share, subscribe, all that basic stuff. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for sharing this time with us. If the experience resonated with you, follow us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or AmplifyMyLife.com. Share it with anyone else who's ready to amplify their lives. And remember to let our hearts speak in sequence. For more from Renee Rodriguez, visit meetrene.com.